Hey, Green Future Growers! Welcome to Season 3. I'm your host, Jackie Marie Beyer. If you're new to the show, I hope you'll subscribe on iTunes for free or follow on your favorite podcast app. And let's get growing! Hey, everyone! This is Jackie Marie Beyer, your host, here to help inspire you on your journey to create, grow, and enjoy a green, organic oasis. So let's get growing. Welcome to the Green Organic Garden. It is Tuesday, September 28, 2021. And I have an awesome guest on the line who's going to talk to us about his business, Good Earth Organics. So from Oregon, welcome to the show, Lee Spivy. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Is it Spivy or Spivy? It's Spidey, but that's okay. Sorry. Uh, (laughs) The teacher in me is like, I-E, Jack, that should be a long I, Spivy. (laughs) Anyway, tell us a little bit about yourself and and what you got going and what is Good Earth Organics? Well, thanks for asking. So Good Earth Organics is a company that was founded in 2008 by a man named Roy Leon, who was a chemist, and he decided to develop... um, soil blends that were good for people and the planet and that allowed cannabis to grow at its maximum rates and so that being said um i've been with good earth organics since 2013 going on eight years now and um i've been growing in the product long before i was working there um i am uh 20 years married i have two kids an 18 year old daughter 15 year old son and i have been growing cannabis since 2005 um, I've been growing all organic um, for over two years now. Wow. So Oregon is like way ahead of the rest of the country. And it was funny because like when Montana passed the recreational use last January, like my phone um, was ringing off the hook, like the first two weeks, like people were like, well, what do we do? And how do we do this? And I was like, I don't know. And so, um, so I'm really curious about how this growing process works because We've had medical use here in Montana for a while now. Uh, I think actually since about 2004 or 2008 or somewhere in there, but there's not a lot. Like I was amazed. I talked to Tara Keaton down at the Rodale Institute in Pennsylvania in 2018, I think right after the the hemp bill passed. And like, I got back because when I first started my podcast in 2015, I couldn't find someone to come on and talk about growing marijuana organically or cannabis um for for 20 day and like now i could not believe the explosion and like what i've been researching this book and what i've seen going on in oregon is amazing so tell us some about growing cannabis organically because this has been question i've been getting and just uh and what and and what are you finding and it's interesting i see right on your people have talked a lot about bricks on our show and like i see you guys have a product just for bricks you've got veg bloom and bricks products Mm -hmm. so with a lot of vegetation that produces fruits um, vegetables things like that anything that's going to be consumable um, have a sugar content have a flavor have a smell profile anything like that the bricks is a measurement of the sugars that are in that product. And so by increasing those sugars, you're increasing the carbohydrate production in the soil, allowing your fruits to be bigger, bolder, smellier, tastier, stuff like that. And so that's just the, the bricks itself. Um, in organic gardening and cannabis, we're really talking about starting with the soil itself, the media that you're growing in, 
Um, there's a lot of medias out there that aren't necessarily um, organic and or certified organic to be sure. And so that leaves us in a lane of our own pretty yeah. much to where, um, so starting with the soil, right? Organically growing, put your plants in, whatever plants you're putting in, peppers, cannabis, tomatoes, whatever. Um, and essentially you wanna feed the soil itself. Uh, microbial, compost, uh, things like that, teas, whatever you're doing, um, you want to feed the microbiology so that the microbiology is giving the soil what it needs and um, processing those nutrients in a way that the roots uptake them even better than people can imagine because of the way that we're supporting the life in the soil itself. Um, so organic growing essentially is, is that. Um, we're not using salts. We're not using um, synthetic liquids, uh, things like that, that are going to be a detriment to the earth. Um, runoff, uh, they're going to damage roots. So people have to flush when they use salty products, they have to flush the roots so that the enzymes get away from there so that the nutrients can still be uptake so they don't get locked out, stuff like that. Um, so yeah, organic gardening with, with cannabis really is a simplified process, but it begins in the soil itself. Hey, we just uh, is there like some kind of like scratching sound going on in the background or like sanding or uh, it could just be the headset getting... bouncing off my shirt oh okay um so let's see I do kind of get lost if I don't stick to my questions <laughs> but I don't know if that's really gonna apply here but like I don't like is there something that grew really well this year? Like, I don't, I don't know how, like, would there be like a strain or like something that did, I don't know. How does, how did. Yeah, that's well, I could say that my wedding cake grew very well this year. Uh, my jalapenos did great. The pepperoncinis, uh, the tomatoes didn't do as well this year as I would like them of two, but. Wait, what's wedding cake? Wedding cake is a strain of cannabis. Oh, interesting. So what do you think, what do you think made it grow? Really? What, what made things grow well in Oregon this year? What was your guys's weather? Like we had like a super hot, dry July. And then we finally got a little rain in August. It's been a weird year. Our garden did actually really well this year. Yeah, we were in a bit of a drought. So it's been a little less water. We're finally getting some rain. So the ground um, is getting wet, which is good. Um, but yeah, it was a good growing year. Um, there wasn't really anything that that lacked weather-wise, aside Where, from like, are you the on wet, the coastal side of Oregon or like? The so yeah, I'm side? about twenty minutes from the California border on the coast side towards Crescent City. Cool. Uh, just so do you have? Since people ask me about growing cannabis so much this year, like, do you have some like what what like how does that process all work? Like, where do you even get your seeds? That seems to be kind of a question people. Yeah, there's like, lots it has of to be feminized readers. or something, right? Um, I actually don't recommend feminized seeds. They uh, just tend to not be as consistent as a regular photo period seed. So um, I just tend to go with just regular non-feminized seeds. Um, I personally get my seeds from Tiger Stripe Genetics. Um, they used to be in Humboldt and now they're over in Oklahoma but uh, they're still pretty close. Um, the, they still have a, a couple of representatives in Southern Oregon. So I still get my seeds. Oklahoma. From I yeah. thought it was like illegal there. No, they actually, everything's all 
medical now, um, recreational passed um, or, or is going to pass soon. And yeah, no, Oklahoma's blowing up in the cannabis market. There's a lot of a lot of stuff going on over there. We're actually getting ready to open up a new soil yard over there so that we can uh, save our customers some money on the shipping. Tell us about the soil yard. So the soil yard, um, right now we are blending Guy's Gift, Cloud9, and Zen Blend uh, on site in Cave Junction, Oregon. And that is where all of our soil ships out from. And we have been doing that since 2008, uh, right there. All of our quality is um, combined in an effort where the same people have been making the soil for a really long time. And so our quality assurance is top notch and uh, all the input materials are certified organic. So that just makes everything come together real well. Our clients out here in Southern Oregon have been super happy with all the products over the years, which is why we continually expand into the market. And uh, yeah, so the soils just seem to uh, sell themselves once people start using them and realize that the ingredients are what we say they are and the certifications matter and uh, growing organic becomes a process that's easier for people when they start um, using Go Earth Organics products. And that was another huge issue this summer I have because I actually like I took on this client um, helping her like plant a greenhouse and grow her first vegetables here in Montana and trying to find a, a decent source for soil for her to she really wanted everything to be super organic because my husband and I you know we do the compost and we we buy quite a, we spend a small fortune on soil and so that's a huge thing so um having a reliable source and so the website is goodearthorganics.com that people can go to and then um and then you get your seeds from this tiger stripe genetics Mm -hmm. and and then how does that so like what do you do you just put a seed in a pot with some dirt like what's what's the next step so that's a great question um so starting from the beginning i would germinate the seeds um you know I would suggest a uh, damp paper towel and a windowsill. Let the um, seed crack open. The tap. Do you put it the towel in plastic in a plastic you, bag you, or container, or like on a plate, or where, what do you mean a, a paper towel? You can put it on a plate if you want. I'm not necessary. Plastic bag if you want. Again, not necessary. Um, humidity dome tends to work a little better than a plastic bag, but humidity mm. is you know necessary when germinating a seed. So you definitely want it. Um, damp i wouldn't call it wet because you don't want to rot the seed out you don't want the life to begin with root rot that would be detrimental to the whole growth and how long does that take like a day 10 to 12 days depending on oh my goodness your methods and you know time and attention and if you're using additional hormonal products like kelp or pgrs or anything like that which would be a plant growth regulator um so yeah they take about 10 to 12 days and then once those pop you just Literally put your seed into the soil, and uh, once it gets a stalk and four little first leaves on it, the it's about ready to to start looking at uh, life. You'll you'll know whether or not it's going to survive, and if it stays nice and green or starts to yellow out and wilt, you'll know that you're not going to save that one. Um, but yeah, once they get that, and uh, once they get their second set of leaves on them, so you'll see four leaves on top, and then they'll get another two leaves sprouting out the sides. And uh, once that happens, you want to check the roots and make sure that they're growing well and starting to fill out the soil. And once the soil is filled out with roots, you're then going to want to up pot, which would be like, so you're going from your six pack and or your, you know, two inch um, nursery pot, whatever you prefer to use. 
then you're going to up pot probably to a one gallon or two gallon pot and let those hey, roots continue can i quickly ask super quick because my husband like i'm technically the organic eater and i'm just learning about like the gardening even though this is my seventh year of my podcast but like last year i really planted like my first and like my husband kept like he's like wait you have to put that in like the seed starter mix don't put it like and then the potting soil was for something like do you do you do anything like that yeah, absolutely. So if you're going to use good earth organic soils, I wouldn't start your seeds in Gaia's Gift. I would either use Cloud9 or Zen Blend. So Gaia's Gift is going to be like our hot soil, right? It's the super soil. It's the, the cannabis-derived soil. So it's the one that's going to grow those plants once they're established. Um, so once you have like a good six-inch plant that's got an established root base, it can then go into the Gaia's Gift and start growing vigorously. Until then, you want to be a little gentle with the plant and make sure that it's, you know, becoming a good child, being raised the right way, good roots. Okay. And then, and then what's next? So after you up pot, the plant's going to grow and then you're going to start seeing um, a lot more formations. You're going to start seeing branches, laterals, nodes, and all those stuff start to form. And at that point, what's when those a, roots, node? a node is a part of the plant that um, it's like in between the lateral branch and the vertical stalk where the bud formation begins. Oh. I have a lot more information on pruning and nodal formations and vertical growing um, on our website under the learning lab section. So yeah, after um, you up pot again, once the roots fill up that one or two gallon pot, that's really when you're going to start to see a lot of vigorous growth. And so a lot of people, especially if you're not in the Southern Oregon area and or doing a big grow, you're probably going to leave it in a you know five to seven gallon pot to finish. And then once you start seeing little um formations of buds about the size of your pinky you're going to want to start a little bloom fertilizer a little bricks stuff like that to keep those sugars and those nutrients in that soil to keep the plant growing and uh, producing cannabis in a, in a way that's going to yield better for you and keep things going that way and that's you know essentially it until you're ready to chop it down clean it up keep it growing and of course we're keeping this really simplified for your listeners instead of going into a deep dive on how to grow and what to grow but but yeah that's about it is there something that you would do different next year or something that you haven't tried before that you want to try that's new yeah so next year i definitely want to start so let me let me begin with saying normally we do not spray anything on our garden right normally we like to have a no spray garden so to speak so that the flavors are 100 intact this year we were not able to accomplish that because we had a little infestation and in order to get rid of that, we had to use a product called Redtail, which is OMRI certified product. So keeping the garden in a organic fashion, but still, I, I'm not a fan of spraying, but we sprayed and everything is fixed now. But that was one thing I would like to do better next year is start my IPM earlier with more biologicals, increase the numbers and keep the plants a little cleaner. What is start my IPM? IPM is short for integrated pest management. So it is okay. simply a term that refers to how you care for your pests in your garden. How about something you're excited to try that's new or different that you haven't ever done before? Well, our company is coming out with a new mycorrhizal product and I'm super excited to oh, try really? that because, you know, as a industry leader in certified organic products, it's not always easy to find one that has the proper 
um, colony forming units that you want to put in your soil to increase those those colonies to to allow your plants to to uptake more nutrients right from the get-go and that's uh exciting for me is to be able to apply that mycorrhizal to my soil um, that we developed that is going to be better than the competitors now do you grow right in the ground or in deep beds or in pots or good question so i've been applying guys gift to my grow beds for about 10 years now so i grow in guys gift um on the ground um essentially i wouldn't call it native earth because it's been so much soil put in that spot um but yeah gaia's gift um right in the ground i use t-posts along the sides of my bed to um, hold the plants um up there if, if you'd like to take a look at them you're welcome to at uh canna.scape on instagram or five for one thc on instagram and uh, they all have beautiful pictures of our garden so what is it canna.scape yep uh Oh, there it is. Found it in Southern Oregon. Yeah, there you go. And the other one was what? At 541 THC. Yeah. Cool. Oh my God. Those are huge plants. Um, and then like how big is your garden? Let's see. We have three beds that fit four plants each. So 12 outdoor and then about 12 in the greenhouse. And then how much does that grow? Like, is that enough for you and your family or? Um, yeah, you could say it's uh, more than enough for sure. We, and... we, do, we have not run out in many years. Nice. Do you have, so if we were going to like that, I have like this thing called like getting to the root of things. Right. Do you have an activity that's like your least favorite thing you have to kind of force yourself to do? Absolutely. Oh my God. Yeah. So what's that during the like July to September phase of cannabis growing out here in Southern Oregon, the vegetation gets intense, like just constantly, you're constantly pulling leaves off of that thing, cleaning it out, making sure that it can get light and air and wind through it. And they just get so thick so fast. I, I really do not like pruning the fan leaves off the plant, but it is completely 100% necessary in order to make sure that your plants stay as clean as possible, yield as much as they can and taste and smell as great as they can. You know, I never really like paid attention to that as much as I did this summer, since I guess I kind of got out there and grew more food this summer than I ever have before. So that really does make a huge difference. Like I did it with my tomato plants, but I was surprised at how like getting that airflow underneath really kept um, things cleaner and, and, and working better. Yeah, you know, a lot of the tactics we use to grow cannabis really work well for a lot of other vegetables as well. I mean, pruning for maximum yield works great for tomatoes, peppers, anything, yeah. that, fruits like that on the vine, right? For sure. I had no idea. Uh, so on the flip side, what's your favorite activity to do in the garden? Cutting it down and hanging it up. <laughs> Definitely my favorite activity to do. I like to go out when the plants are all done and we, we check the trichomes to make sure everything's just ripe enough and all, all the, the smells are there and the, the, the density and the hardiness and just cutting it off in, into the sections that, that make me feel great before we hang it up. And it feels like you've accomplished the task. You know what I mean? And you could be proud of yourself at that point. So, Yes. And it takes a lot of, um, what would you call it like care and guide and just like 
I think, um, you know, really just like nurturing your plants, right? Yeah, definitely. You know, the so more when you time get to and that, attention you give them, the better they treat you as well. Yeah, that end of the year, it's just like, wow, I really like did something here. Yeah, that bounty that you get, you're like, hey, my hard work paid off. So what's the best gardening advice you've ever received, Lee? The best gardening advice I've ever received. That's a great question. So feed the soil and the soil feeds the plants. I mean, that's really the best organic gardening advice I've, I've ever received. There's, there's, you can literally put things in the soil that will feed the plant all year, right? So how you build your soil, the products you use in them will allow that soil to feed the plant. So you don't, I mean, you can literally water and do nothing else if you put into the soil what the plant is going to need already. And so if you feed the soil, the soil feeds the plant and it just really makes gardening a lot simpler. You know what, like, I don't know why I always thought like that because we composted and like started out with really healthy soil, like that was all you did. And like, not this past summer, but the summer before was like really the first summer I was really like paying attention and like, I literally felt like my zinnias were like smiling at me when I added compost to them in the middle of this. My husband was like, you need to add some compost. You need to give them some like, I don't know why I always thought like in the beginning, as long as we started with healthy soil, we were good. But I, I it's so true what you're saying, like feed that soil, your plants will love you. Absolutely. And that's why we developed the bloom, the veg and the bricks the way we did so that you could make a compost tea with them feed the soil and then the plant is going to be a lot happier i think my listeners are going to love this because we talk a lot about um getting that right compost tea to add to your soils and that you guys have like a nice solution that you can just order because i i guess i just didn't realize until i was like trying to help that lady this summer um with her landscaping her garden but like how hard it is to find this stuff and just like, cause like the compost that we have here, my husband, and then like, we've always had chickens for the manure and he make compost tea out of that. And just like, but like trying to source it for somebody else was so much harder. And just, and then also we like, we did this grow live thing. And so there were people from different places on the line and they were asking and like, these were questions I hadn't really faced before. So it's really nice to have a source um in oregon that i can point listeners to and now it's expanding to oklahoma and just uh because there was this one company the vermont compost company but vermont for me in montana like it was just so far away and that wasn't right. very helpful and yeah there's a lot of good compost companies out there you know we don't what did we do we ended our up own compost so we purchased it from somebody else who makes really good green waste compost and then we use that ingredient in our products um so there's a lot of different compost companies around the country that really do make a good product um a nice organic product and but we again, ended up ordering or i ended up buying happy frog which is from humble in california so it's kind of close to you guys it is kind it of close like to probably, us right? um location wise and i wouldn't so... say it's close to us um product wise Oh, really? Really. Um, so right now we're doing a peer review with a retired um, scientist out of North Carolina University who is doing a side-by-side with our soils, Fox Farm soils, um, Roots 707 soils, um, stuff like that. And we're blowing all the competition out of the water right now. Mm-hmm. 
All right. Well, I'm about to order some then maybe and try some of that. Yeah, I'd be happy to supply you and your listeners with a coupon code for our website. Oh, really? Cool. Yeah. They'll like that. I never get coupon codes. Awesome. Well, yeah, we'll call it the Organic Gardener 15. You know what I mean? Give them 50% off. Wow. Well, cool. How there you go, that? listeners, because uh, like I said, we were like, because there is a place in Montana that my husband and I go that's like, um, what is it? It's Pico or something. I don't know. We drive like 60, 70, 80 miles, I don't know, down there and get like two giant um bags of dirt um that he uses for all his potting soil needs do you mean but, like super sacks um, like the big one yard totes or are you talking like three yeah yard? okay i think they're the big one yard to i don't know two of them yeah. fit in the back of his pickup then yes and it costs us like 300 and something dollars to buy yeah, just these two that's, totes that's, that's and about right. um and that's what he uses for a lot of his, the first year we bought like one and then we bought two. I tried to get him to get four this year, <laughs> but we ended up still only getting two. And then, cause we would have got four. Then I would have had some for that lady. And then my truck broke down. So then I couldn't go get some for her. That but, sounds um, challenging. Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah. 15% can make a big difference. So let's see. How about a favorite tool? If you had to move and could only take one tool with you, what could you not live without? Oh, the garden cultivator for sure would be the, the go-to there. That's my um, husband's favorite too. Yeah, it's just such a wonderful tool to use, especially with the products that and the way we're growing with we just like top dress our soil with the products and then use the garden cultivator to scratch it in and water. Mm -hmm. And just really makes everything super simple and gets it right near the feeder roots so that you don't have to get your hands all you know, soily when it's not necessary. I love playing in the soil, but sometimes it's not necessary. So I'm completely nodding my head. Uh, <laughs> how about a favorite recipe you like to cook or eat from the garden? Oh, my wife's pickled jalapenos are by far my favorite. Okay. And every year we make sure we grow an overabundance of peppers so that we can have many, many jars of jalapenos to last the year. So when we get off the phone, I'm going to make some homemade salsa. And the one thing I didn't grow this year were jalapenos. I did grow these like Johnny Nardello sweet peppers that were just, oh, they're so good. That Very grew cool. really well. But um, yeah, I might try jalapenos next year, especially I found a really good salsa recipe. Pickled jalapenos. I have a friend, Mike made those one year and he like would just drink the juice. Like it was <laughs> it's so delicious. Yeah favorite internet resource where do you find yourself surfing on the web um well you know i really use google a lot for stuff and i i really like to to go over to to epic gardening um he kevin espiritu does a great job with his blog and and he grows a lot of different stuff that i don't and so i'm able to go over there and get a lot of great advice on how to do different things with different plants that i'm unfamiliar with you know my most of my experiences with cannabis and so it's nice to have advice for growing other things that you know as a gardener i like to grow everything not just cannabis so it's, it's nice to have a, a spot to go to nice how about a favorite reading material like a book or a magazine or anything you can recommend so um when i say this please take it with a grain of salt there's a book that's out there that has a lot of great information in it but it's also a bit misleading and it's called the 10 pound ganja plant and it's all about how to set up your spot so that you are maximizing 
your grow. And it literally gives you the recipe to grow a 10 pound plant, right? Now, I never recommend growing a 10 pound plant because <laughs> the amount of work it takes to process a 10 pound cannabis plant, you're gonna need an entire team to make it happen. So if you're doing it yourself, just grow them small. <laughs> but yeah, great book. Lots of great information. A 10 pound plant? Is that, I guess I have like no reference. Is that really big? Um, you could imagine like a, a 15 by I mean, 15 like foot a tree. Tomato, or 20 like by 20 foot pound. tree. Oh. That would be like a 10 pound plant. So in my experience, on average, a cannabis plant will yield about half of its weight, right? So if it's like a 10 foot by 10 foot plant, you can probably expect five pounds off of it. If it's a five foot by five foot plant, you can probably expect two and a half pounds off of it on average. Oh, interesting. Because I'm thinking like, you know, a tomato, one tomato is like a half a pound. So that would be like 20 tomatoes, but that's not the way it works, I guess. I mean, cannabis doesn't exactly work that way either. So a tomato, you can keep plucking tomatoes off and it'll keep producing tomatoes. Right. The cannabis, you grow it until it's finished. You cut it down, you process it. It's kind of more like flowers, right? Much more. Yeah, much more like a flower that doesn't come back every year. Yeah, I guess, I guess like some flowers actually, you deadhead them and they grow more flowers. But I guess I'm thinking like, um, you know, like a single stem flower that you, you know, like a sunflower, like you yeah. cut the sunflower and it's done. Right, for sure. Exactly. I've seen people deadhead cannabis and grow it back. Um, I don't recommend it. It's, it's a very long, difficult process and it can be done. It's just not what the plant wants to do. So you're really going against its nature. And isn't that what they call them, cannabis flowers anymore? It seems like I've yep. been seeing things that call them cannabis flowers. Yeah, cannabis flower. Yeah. All right. Uh, so my final question is kind of a doozy. If there's one change you'd like to see lead to create a greener world, what would it be? For example, is there a charity organization you're passionate about or a project you'd like to see put into action? Like, what do you feel is the most crucial issue facing our planet in regards to the environment, either locally, nationally, or on a global scale? Um, I wish I could pick one. On a global scale, we really need to be giving back to our, our environment and our soil erosion problem. Um, that's one of the ways our company helps the world is by creating this, this soil and building it ourselves. We're giving back to the planet and uh, um, putting soil back into the earth. Um, the other issue that I see a lot um, is even with our company, you know, is as sustainable as we would like to be. We can't get away from plastic bags yet. And uh, it kind of weighs on me a little bit, you know, so I'd love to see all the plastic turn into compostable hemp products. So that way the world can really start healing itself in a bigger fashion. Ugh, right. The whole hemp thing is just driving me insane. <laughs> Like, I just want to be able to grow my own hemp and have hemp seeds. And like, I would love to make like a hemp seed. I make a really killer hemp seed salad dressing, but I just can't afford the seeds. My husband wants to build a hempcrete house. Like, and we're so like frustrated here in Montana because we're such a big agriculture state. And like, we had a hemp business way back in the early nineties. Like you can make so much stuff out of hemp, like clothes yeah. and backpacks and books so and paper and, and and it doesn't need chemicals and just 
like what was I reading the other day about how much water it takes to make a pair of Levi's it's like insane like it's like 1500 gallons of water to make to grow the cotton to grow a pair of Levi's and I don't think you need that kind of water to grow hemp you know I don't I think it grows and just oh that's a great answer I'm a big hemp uh hemp advocate and that would be cool yeah plastic is just the one thing we do do with our soil like those happy frog bags i was telling you about and i bought some other the pico soil bags was um we at least recycle them for garbage right bags but i know tons of people that do not do that yeah so, no, recycling them is good put your bottles and cans in them if nothing else but yeah exactly yeah, well, we don't really have recycling in Montana. Not oh, I'm sorry to hear anyway. that. Anyway, we have, we do have like, yeah, we do put our cat food cans in there. But yeah, no plastic since 2018. There's been no plastic and we haven't had glass in like, I don't know when. I don't know if we ever had glass. We're so, it's ridiculous. It drives me crazy. And I'm like, we pay, our our landfill is like 80 miles away. So we pay to ship the um recycling to the landfill whereas we could pay i mean i'm like why can't we recycle and send it to um the other direction if we send it south at least because like where we live we're in a rural area and so most of us haul our garbage to the green boxes and then it goes to the if you take the recycling to the dump they'll take the cat food cans and the dog food cans but most people don't recycle even those because or newspaper or cardboard or any of that stuff because you have to haul it to the actual dump which for me so meanwhile it ends up like laying around my house forever like i'm like we go through like one bag of garbage every two weeks and we go through like a bag of recycling of that cat food and dog food cans and whatever other tin cans that we have like once a day <laughs> we have four cats and two dogs so we go through quite a bit of that stuff anyway uh, yeah that's that's good <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> sounds like I maybe we've got like seven dogs and two cats so but trying to figure out that plastic thing is just really, since they quit recycling plastic in Montana, it's really tough. And I was just, I just got off a call with a guy who has like a, a, a like a food glass jar can salad um, food delivery and they, everything comes in glass jars and you like do a subscription model. And like, I was, we were just talking about the plastic thing. Like I hate buying salad and plastic containers and the stupid clamshell things and just we were talking about how to get away from that anyway lee anything else we didn't talk about today that you want to share with listeners oh uh, yeah i want to share you know where to follow us on social medias as a company oh, cool. so on instagram we are at good earth organics soils also on facebook at good earth organics soils twitter we're at good earth or as in good earth oregon you can also follow us on Tumblr, Pinterest, TikTok, anywhere else. But our main site is goodearthorganics.com. We're also on Hydro Builder, Amazon, and Walmart Marketplace. Wow. So they can get your stuff at Walmart? Walmart Marketplace, which would be walmart.com. Oh, I didn't know that. That's cool. Man, you guys are all over. And TikTok, you guys are the first TikTok people to talk on my show. 
Okay. Well, um, yeah, we are not uh, what you would call the dancers of TikTok, right? We are um, sharing product information on TikTok and trying to make that work for us, <laughs> which is not uh, as entertaining as some of the other stuff, but we're trying. So. Yeah, but that's what my listeners are interested in is learning how to grow the best. They always tell me, they're like, Jackie, ultimately what we want to know is how to grow the best tomato or the best cannabis or the best pepper or the best you know, and so that's the information they're looking for. So I think you guys are going to be ahead of the game there. Perfect. Then we're finding our target audience. Cool. Well, thank you so much for sharing with us, Lee, and keep up the awesome work. And uh, and thanks for sharing with my listeners. And what was that code that you said they could have again? Uh, the code will be um, Organic Gardener 15. So it'll be 15% off for you and your listeners. Cool. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Um, I enjoy the podcast a lot. Oh, thank you. Get your copy of the Organic Oasis Guidebook available today from Amazon. It's got 12 lessons designed to help you create your own organic oasis. Um, It starts with healthy soil. It talks about building an earth-friendly landscape. It helps you understand the difference between annuals and perennials and how to bring in beneficial insects. It talks about fruit trees and just... um, all the lessons that I've learned on my podcast mixed with what Mike and I have done here. Okay. What Mike has done here at Mike's Green Garden. And just, um, I hope that it will help you on your garden journey, uh, to create, like I said, your own organic oasis, um, where you can have healthy food and enjoy, um, you know, a very special place. And most of all, it's good for mother earth. Do you know someone who would benefit from the Organic Gardener podcast? If you like what you hear, we'd love it if you'd share the Organic Gardener podcast with a friend. Thanks again for listening and remember, grow local.